46. Uh, I don't know why Koreans add so many years to the, to the, to the age. Uh, it's like, when I first got here, I was like 30-something. And then when I went to the army, they're like, oh, you're 33. And I was like, what? Where, how, what kind of math are you guys doing? But um, yeah, it's, it's a ble- I'm blessed to be here today on my birthday to give you the word of God. Uh, we have a special guest in the back. I just want to, uh, the man in the corner over there. 안녕하세요. <laughs> He's actually the owner of this whole building. Um, yes. And so uh, he's here with his family, with his, with his wife and his kids. And, uh, yeah, it's just a blessing. Uh, you know, we, we met him, and he was like, yeah, I'll come to your church. And we're like, oh, yeah, he's not going to come to our church. And then he came, and I was like, man, that's awesome. Um, so it's a blessing to see them here today. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been preaching in the past, I think, six or my past, I think, like eight, nine ter- sermons have been regarding the core values of our church and uh, about the vision statement of our church, where we're going. We have our core values. If you don't know them, hey, Gloria, how you doing? Welcome. Uh, if you guys don't know our core values, go on our website. And we have nine core values that we really stand on and we believe is, is like the DNA of our house. Uh, we also have a vision statement to raise up an army of mighty warriors. Uh, and it's written right here, raising up an army of mighty warriors. And I've been preaching on that dynamic of how, you know, that we're, God's really truly raising up uh, an army of God. He's, he's breathing life into dry bones. He's bringing revival into the hearts of the lost and raising them up, raising them up to be uh, not just to be ministered to, ministered to, but to actually go out and minister uh, here in, in, the, in, in, in the cities and in the places where there, we find so much lost people and so much darkness. I'm going to put my Bible over here. Today I'm going to preach on a foundational teaching of the house. It's something that, uh, you know, it's part of our DNA. You know, when we do things and when we pray for certain things, this teaching really kind of goes along. It's a natural, it's a natural thing for new Philly people. If you've been here for a while, you probably had this, this teaching before. You guys probably heard it in some way or another. And if you just stick around with our church, you're going to know that this is something that New Philly really walks in. It's something that, it's, it's, it's something that we really uh, identify with. It's a teaching that's um, really fundamental to the house. It's also something that we've been hearing almost all the, our Christian life. You know, ever since we were a little kid, as we've been going to church and doing this, we've heard this, the message before. Okay? It's, and, and, and it's a message that's uh, uh, very uh, iconic. We sing about it in our worship. You know, we sing about it all the time. It's in many of our worship songs. And it's a phrase that's been so ingrained in Christian lingo that when I say the word, God is good, you say, exactly, God is good. And all the time, yes. It's, it's, it's something that's so ingrained in our spirit. But do you really know that the God, our God is good? Do you really know? Is it something that's that, that not just something that you say, but is it something that's really in, in, it inside of you? inside of you, affecting your decisions, affecting your mindset, affecting the way you do things? Do you know that our God is good? Today I want to look and talk about the goodness of God today. So if you're ready for this word, say amen. amen. I want you guys to turn your Bible to Psalm 27. And we're going to read from chapter uh, verses 7 through 14. This Psalm 27 is, a, is an amazing psalm. It's one of my personal favorites. It's also one that, uh, you know, you, you, whenever I get like something happens and I'd be like, man, you know, I'm down on myself or 
I feel like I need help, I just look to this song. And man, it just raises me up. It kind of brings me out of my funk sometimes. You know? There were times before I got married, I used to get into a lot of funks. I'd be like, oh, I suck. You know? <laughs> oh. And I would look to this, to this psalm, and it would, I, was, I, was, I would imagine David out in the fields, in the wilderness, tending his sheep and writing this psalm. Or, 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 or when he's being chased by Saul in the, in the wilderness, and, and all these people are hunting him down. You know, all these people are trying to kill him, you know, and he's in a cave somewhere. And he's worshiping the Lord, and he's writing, writing the song. And it just encourages me. So let's read it together. I'm going to read it out loud for you guys. Uh, read along with me. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, you have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not. O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me not on a, on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe violence, breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Now, when we read the account of creation in Genesis, you know, what does he do? God creates the heavens and the earth. You know, he creates the oceans and the sea and, you know, creates night and day, creates like fish and birds and, you know, the little critters that crawl upon the earth and, you know, everything he creates. And what does he say at the end? It is good. It is good. You know, he creates all, he creates creation. And he looks upon it and says, it is good. You know, I'm a pretty good cook. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I cook very well. Okay? I cook very well. When I first moved to Busan back in January, me and, you know, Pastor Mina, we were newlyweds. And we both didn't have, well, she had a job. She was working for the church. Um, but I didn't have a job yet. And so I had all this free time. And I like, you know, we're just newlyweds, and I wanted to kind of like, you know, like, you know, be nice to my wife and bless her. So I'd go to Home Plus and buy all these good ingredients. I'll come home and I would, I would just, in, I would kind of just do things like, like experiment with food. You know, like I made like Thai noodles, stuff that I never made before. I would just kind of go in the kitchen, take whatever I had, and start putting things together. You know, I'd make oven baked chicken, stuff with asparagus and spinach and garlic saute. I, I made pho. I made pho. I, t- I got knuckle bone from Home Plus. I cooked it up, and I got some ingredients from Shinzage, and I just made pho, and it was good. You know what I mean? I made, like, all these different omelets and chocolate waffles and all these things that I experimented. And it was good. I got to tell you, it was good. And I, and I tell people I never make bad food, you know, because it's true. Every food that I make, I try it, and I'm like, man, this is good. You know, and, 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 you know, I make good bruschetta. You know, I don't know if you guys know. I can't spell bruschetta, but I make. You know, I, I was trying to type this out today, and I was like, bruschetta, incorrect. Bruschetta, incorrect. I'm just going to leave it red, you know. I, can't, I cannot spell bruschetta, but I can make it. And it is, it is, it is dang good, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, and when, when I say my cooking is good, I don't have to be modest because it's true. My food is good. 
And in that way, God doesn't have to be modest about his creation. He looks upon, he's self, he loves to affirm himself. He'll look at what he made and say, man, this is good. This is good. And why? Why? Because God is good, amen? Now, my favorite American fruit is the peach. You know, but I'm not talking about the Korean peach. Koreans are so, like, proud of their, it's a white peach. You look inside, it's white. It's very sweet. I think it's, it's so bland. I mean, it's not that good. Now, I, my aunt would, like, make, I go to my aunt's house, she cut me up all these peaches. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. Because the peach that I know comes from America. It's like that, that juicy, it's like a little tangy, and it's so sweet. And you know, when I grew up, I grew up in California, and in our tree, in our backyard, when I was in the fourth grade, my dad, he got on this trip of planting trees. And so he planted a peach tree, he planted a, a, a fig tree, and then he planted an apple tree. The apple tree died really quick. Um, but the, the fig tree, that's, a, that's another story on itself. I'm not going to preach about that fig tree one day, but it just exploded. And, like, it went into the neighbor's yards, and, like, people would come to our house to, like, steal figs from us and all this crazy stuff. But then the peach tree was amazing. It, like, would bear these, like, amazing ripe in the summer. It's just so juicy. And then I would bite into it, and, like, juices would flaw out of my mouth. I was like, ah, oh, so good. And, like, there are times my dad, he works nights for the post office, and so in the daytime he sleeps. And sometimes I'd come home from school, like, when I was in middle school, and then, like, I, I won't have my keys. So I'd just be stuck outside. And instead of knocking on the door because I would wake up my dad because he'd get really mad at me, he'd be like, man. And so I would just kick it in the backyard, you know, like, and then I will pick a peach. I'd get hungry, and I'd eat it. That's so good. Like, man, this is so good. I'd just be like, ah, and then, like, my dad would be like, who ate five peaches? You know, like, because he cherished those peaches, you know, but they were amazing. Or, or, like, or like, if you look at fruit like mangoes, you know, we went to Bangladesh, Man, that has to be created by God. Because, like, we would get this mango, and we went, you know, we, we've never been to, we've never seen Bangladesh mangoes before. I've had Filipino mangoes, and they're pretty good. They're really good. But we went to this, like, this broke-looking market. There was all these green mangoes. And I was like, man, I don't want no green mangoes. It's green. But then the guy cut it open, and then he opened it up, and it was, like, bright orange inside. And it was just like, he gave us a bite. And I was like, oh, we're going to buy it. The whole cart. He had like 60 on his cart. We had like 13 people in our, in our, uh, in our uh, mission team. And I remember doing like, okay, four times 13. Just give, it, just give us everything. <laughs> and we had like four huge bags of like mangoes. We took it to our hotel room. And I'm telling you, man, our team were like savages. We just, like, we just had a spoon. And we just cutting it open. Like, ah. And then like, I was like, I'm the leader. So I'm going to put some aside. And they're like, no. Sonia was like, no, give me those. We're going to eat them. Now, if you look at food, the fruit like, like mangoes, no, man can't compare. Now, they can try to make candy or they can try to make stuff that can taste kind of like it, but it can never compare to how amazing the creation of God is. And when you look outside in this amazing view, you, know, you see a lot of buildings, but what's the thing that stands out? It's the ocean. Man, you look at the Hyundai Marine buildings that look like Gotham City, you're like, man, that's great. But then it pales in, compa- in, in comparison to the ocean. Why is it so great? Is it because of the buildings look so great? Is it because this bridge is like the most beautiful thing that you saw? No. It's amazing. It's because it's the ocean. And God created that. And he said it was good. You know? Look at the Grand Canyon. You, know, you, you stand in front of Mina. Pastor Mina has a picture of her standing 
on top of this like glass bridge over the Grand Canyon. This looks kind of scary. But if you look at, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? It is amazing. It's like you're looking at, you look at, you, it's, you can envision the fingertip of God. Like making this, this canyon across the ground. You know what I mean? It's like nobody can do that except for God. And God, it was just, it was good. You know, I look at, I used to love nature documentaries. And man, when you look at animals, you see the goodness of God. You look at like a Bengal tiger in slow motion. It's walking in the jungle. That is beautiful. You look, you look at a peacock. You know, have you ever seen a live peacock? Like, like with, the, with the tails all open? It, like people can't, even with the greatest of like tapestry making, like they can't come close to what's, like, what's seen on the back of a peacock. God makes these things. And it is good. Why? Because our God is good. I look at my dog Nugget. And I, there's times when I stare at Nugget for like, like I just stare at her. I'm like, man, you are so cute. You're just the cutest dog in the world. And when I see her, I see the goodness of God. I'm serious. Like God created Nugget. And that's why she's so cute. It's so, so good. Everything that God creates is good. He made everything, and it's all good because God is good. Amen? And on Nehemiah 9.6, I'm going to read it to you guys. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. It says that God alone created the heavens and the earth. You know, the seas of the creatures and everything in it. Uh, when, I went to, when I went to Krabi for my honeymoon, uh, like I, I remember we went to this, this Hong Island. It's like this beautiful beach. You know, and then we got up early, and we had an actual speedboat that our hotel was like letting us use. So they took us out on the speedboat to this island. And we went out there, and we were the only ones there. It's like me and Mina and then a couple, another Korean couple. And we're like, man, this is paradise. And then like an hour later, like everybody in, in Thailand came on the beach. <laughs> it was just crowded. But I remember going under the water, and we're snorkeling. And, and then I would, I, like, you know, people would get bread and then feed the fish, and they'd all like kind of congregate. So I got excited. I bought a loaf of bread. I would hold it over my head underwater. I'd be feeding the fish. They all come around, gather around me. And you just, you, it's so amazing. Just in like, when you look at fish and when you look at the ocean, it's, it's so good. You can't deny the goodness of God when you see creation. You know, where am I? All right. Um, and not only are the things, or here am I, and not only are the things that God creates good, you know, not only are, 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 are the things that God does good, but God alone is good. He's just good. His very character is good. Now, as a matter of fact, God can't be defined by the word good, but the word good is defined by God. Now, we know good because God is good. Psalms 135.3 says, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. And we as God's people, we have to give thanks and praise to God, not for what He does, you know, but who He is, despite what's happening in our lives. You know, despite what's going on, we just have to give thanks to God and praise Him, because He is good. 
Now, there, may be, there may not be a particular blessing that you receive, no breakthroughs that you've gotten in your life, but simply because God is good, we have to give praise and thanks to our God. You know, and the Psalms reflect this. You know, Psalms 106, 1, what does it say? Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Psalms 107, 1, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Psalms 118, verse 1, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 118, Psalm 136, over and over and over in the Psalms, it talks, it, this, this verse, this phrase comes out verbatim. And what the Word of God is telling us is that whether we see breakthrough in our lives or answered prayers or not, whether you feel like God is hearing your prayers or not, even if it feels like you've prayed and prayed and God still isn't giving you your breakthrough, even in those times, you've got to give thanks to God simply because you trust that the Lord is good. You know, the Bible is commanding us simply to give thanks and praise because He is good. And it takes faith to do this. You know, it takes faith. It's easy to give thanks when God gives you a breakthrough. No. Like when, you, when, you, when God gives you this breakthrough, gives you this great job. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's easy to thank God when you have answered prayers. Anybody can give thanks when you get things from Him. You know, if Ine, my sister Ine, where are you at? If she came up to me like she's going to do today and gave me a, a Tupperware full of red velvet cupcakes with uh, cream cheese frosting on top like 10 of them and if she gave it to me i'd be like oh thank you and it would be it'd be so easy for me to have thanksgiving in my heart you know what i mean but it takes faith to be thankful when nothing's happening when you've been praying and praying for breakthrough nothing's happening it takes faith to give thanks to the lord you know, when you're praying for that blessing and, and, and nothing happened, no blessings coming for you into your life, you're just waiting and waiting, praying for marriage, there ain't no brother in sight. I mean, like, it takes faith. In First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is what God is telling you. This is what you got to do. This is my will for you. No matter what it is, no matter what your situation is, give thanks to the Lord. Praise His name. So when, when something good is happening, it's easy to give thanks to the Lord. When nothing is happening, you know, it takes faith to give thanks to the Lord. But really, when there's really hard things, have, hardships coming over your life, you know, when there's you know, calamity in your life, when bad things happen in your life, and it's hard to give thanks to the Lord. It's difficult. And when we read in Psalm 27, verse 13, it, it, it talks about just this. You know, you know, when you look at verses 11 and 12, David talks about his enemies rising up against him. You know, he, David had a lot of enemies. Now, he was anointed, he was blessed, but people, some people just hated him. I mean, Saul, like, I'm going to kill you. I say this in my sermon a lot. But he was a crazy king. He was like this crazy man. He just had to kill David. He didn't do nothing wrong. All he did was play the, the harp for the king. And he just throw a spear at him and try to kill him. Well, he had enemies breathing down his neck, you know, being violent with him. And David is crying out, you know, to the Lord, save me. And there's, there's nothing happening. 
But then what does it say? It says in verse 11, Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Things are not going good for David. There's hardships in his life. He's hiding. He's running. But what does he say in verse 13? I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David's saying, despite what he's seeing in the natural, despite the difficulties that he's facing, I'm going to stand in faith and thank the Lord. And I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. No matter what you're going through, brothers and sisters, you just got to say, I don't know why I'm going through this, but I know that my God is good. I'm confident in this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord. You know, a person that I've seen in my life that's faced great adversities like this and still remain thankful is my mom. My mom had a bad son. Her name was Caleb. And I remember, you know, when I, I got all, like, hooked on drugs when I was in college. And I started, like, doing all these crazy bad things, stealing money from them and, you know, like, going and crashing the car and all this crazy stuff and going to jail and all this stuff. I remember my mom, every time I see her, she'd be like, I thank God. I thank God for you. I think I, I give thanks to God. And then when, and when I was in prison, my mom would write me all these letters in Korean, and I can't even read them. Because there's like the old Korean handwriting. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like a bunch of chicken scratch. Only a, you, you need to be a Korean to understand that kind of writing. You know what I mean? And she would write me all these letters, and I'd be like, oh. And I would have some Korean dude like that translating for me. And it's like, oh, I thank God. I thank God. I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, God's going to work everything out. Like, man, your son's in prison. How are you going to be thankful? <laughs> you know, like, like wait, you know, and then I got deported. I got a cat to come to Korea. And, and, I, and she would come visit me. And I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful. And, then, and you know what? God rewards his, her thankfulness. I'm a pastor now. I'm married. I have a wife. You know, it's like my, my mom, even... When the, when the world around her was crumbling, she never stopped thanking God. And you know what? I am a product of that. I am a product of her thankfulness to the Lord. I am a blessing. You know what I mean? And so imagine your kids. Imagine your friends. And you present yourself in the place of thankfulness to the Lord. All circumstances. It's not just you that gets blessed. Man, the people around you Get blessed. When David says here in verse 13, in the land of the living, I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Brothers and sisters, where where are we? Are we in the land of the dead? Land of the lost? Remember that show? Way back in the land of the lost. No, we are in the land of the living. We are alive. We're going to see the goodness of the Lord in our lifetime. As we live. You know, a lot of churches and evangelical people, you know, we all, you know, a lot of us, we come from that evangelical background, and people like to put the goodness of God in a box. You know, we like to twist the word of God and say, you know, yeah, I will see the goodness of the Lord when I go to heaven. I will see the goodness of the Lord. You know, I saw the goodness of the Lord in my salvation. Yeah, it's true. When you go to heaven, you're going to see the goodness of the Lord. Yeah, you're going to see all the goodness of the Lord. You're going to be like, ah, goodness. You're going you're gonna to be overwhelmed in a good way. You know? and, and yeah, when you were saved, you saw the goodness of the Lord. 
But it says in the here, David saying he he will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Saying we will see the goodness of the Lord now. Now churches they limit the goodness of the Lord by applying His goodness only to their salvation, only to heaven. But it's a, it's for now, and it's for today. Goodness of the Lord is for your life now, for your daily life, for your daily struggles. Psalms Psalm thirty one nineteen. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. In the NIV, it says, bestow in the sight of the children of mankind. It's saying here, how abundant is your goodness for those who fear you and take refuge in you, that he may bestow in the sight of the angels up in heaven. Or, or you know, like the cherubims and the seraphims or the, the elders on, in the throne of God. No! Talking about the children of man now. He's going to bestow goodness upon you. In the sight of the children of mankind. Now, there's a basic expectation that the Lord, that the word of God wants you to have. And it's an expectation for you to believe that, that you will see the goodness of God in your, in your lifetime. That you will see the goodness of God today for yourself. An expectation for you to believe that the Lord is good all the time. It's not just that the lingo, the little things that you say. It can't be like rhetoric. It can't be just just things that you just kind of spit out there. But it has to be a truth that's ingrained inside your spirit. Now sometimes we miss this fundamental truth and when bad things happen and we start coming up with all these different theologies and belief systems to make us feel better, comfort our souls. But what we have to do is look at the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? It says that God is good. It says God is good all the time. We need to stick to the text. We've got to let the truth in the Word of God bring us into the right perspective and in the, in the right understanding. If you want to see the goodness of God in your life, can I get an amen? amen. Who wants to see the goodness of God? Raise your hand. If you, want, if you have your hand out, Hand down. Longy. Man. I hope, I hope you have your hand on me. Ah, I want to see the goodness of God. I want to see how good our God is. And let me tell you, if you want to see the goodness of the Lord, if you want Him to bestow His goodness upon you, well, you got to do one thing. You can't let Satan, the enemy, shake your confidence in the goodness of God. Never let the lies and the accusations of the enemy make you doubt in the goodness of God. Never stop believing God for His goodness. Never stop thanking Him. Never stop praising Him. Never stop giving Him glory. Now, let me tell you about the enemy. Now, he lies to you, and he's going to do everything that he can possibly do to, to make you doubt in the goodness of God. And he's going to attack your finances. And he's going you know, to attack your family, attack your health. And what he's looking for is for you to come in agreement with the lie that God is not good. He's telling you, man, man, why are you going through all this? No, if God is good, why did you get, lose your job? If God is good, no, why are you sick? If God is good, no, why are you broke? And and what the enemy is trying to make you do is make you come in agreement with these lies. And what happens when you come in agreement with these lies? You open that door for the enemy, enemy to do more damage in your life. 
You're giving him permission to do that. You're coming into agreement with the lies of the enemy. So the enemy attacks your finances one day, and you start, you know, and he started like, man, you know, look what's going on. Look what, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, you're going to go broke. You just lost your job. What are you going to do? And if you're, you know, if you're good, if you're walking, you know, in right with God, you're going to be like, man, that's not God. God didn't fire me. Man, that's you, devil. Get out of my face, man. This, God has good things for me. God has a good plan for me. God has, God has planned to prosper me and to, and to give me joy and give me my provision. God is my provision. You're going to stand in this word. And you'll be like, man, get out of my face, devil. I'm going to stand on the word of God that says God is good. But some people, you know, some people, a lot of people, they're not like that. You know? They'll be like, man, I suck. I'm a loser. I just got fired. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? You know, how am I, where am I going to find a job? What's going to happen to my, to my you know, what's going to happen to my visa? What's going to happen to, you know, you know like my girlfriend's not going to like me anymore. Uh, they have all, they, they just get all into self-doubt. They just start blaming themselves or they start blaming God. Like, God, why did you do this to me? If you love me, if you're a good God, why do you do this to me? What did I do? But what, what God is saying to you is, you know, son, why are you believing in these lies? And why are you empowering the enemy to do this to you? And he's saying, I have breakthrough for you. Stand on the word of God. Stand on my word. Look See my goodness. Remain steadfast in my goodness. Because you will see my goodness in the land of the living. You will see my goodness. I will display my goodness for you. Satan loves to shake you in your confidence of the goodness of God. But as God's people, we can't believe in the lies of the enemy, but we have to stand firm in our trust in the goodness of God. God is good when... When things are going good, God is good when things are going bad. God is good when you lose your job. God is good when you get fired. When you got fired, that just might be your fault. You might have been messing up at work, you know. You don't got nothing but you to blame. God is good, you know, when your son gets hooked on drugs. God is good when he gets deported. God is good when your girlfriend breaks up with you. God is good. And it just can't be a little fun play on words that you say. God is good all the time. But you gotta, it has to, you have to mean it. It has to be a reality in your soul. It has to be a reality in your system. I'm gonna believe in the goodness of God and I'm gonna let Him vindicate me. Psalm 84:11 says, I'm gonna read it to you in NIV. For the Lord God is a son and a shield. The Lord, the Lord bestows, bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. There's no good thing will He bestow on those whose walk is blameless. Now how amazing is that? Is this a reality in your life? Do you believe in this truth? The Word of God is saying, you know, if you walk blameless, and it's not talking about you being perfect, never sinning. Like, I am a perfect man. I have never sinned. Since 1993, I have not sinned. I am blameless before the Lord. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the position of your heart. Is your position of your heart 
looking to God, saying, God, I want to be blameless before you. I want to go after the things of righteousness. I want to go after the things of holiness. I want to pursue a godly life. You know, it's that position of your heart. And he's saying, if, if your position of your heart is in, for, towards the Lord and towards blamelessness and righteousness and holiness, he's saying, God, he's not going to bestow. He's not going to withhold anything from you. Any good thing, he's not going to withhold from you. No good thing does He withhold from you. Now, this could be a financial provision. This could be a spiritual gift. It could be you getting married. My gal. <laughs> she was like, oh. <laughs> no. no good thing will He withhold from you. No, and there's some Christians out there that think that they got to perform to receive the goodness of God. They think that it's like this performance-based review for God's goodness. Well, I have to be good. I have to be good and read the Bible and pray and do my quiet time. And then uh, I'll see the goodness of God and I'll get married. I have to be good and i got to tithe and i got to do all these right things. And then I will see the goodness of God. And that is whack theology, man. That is a distorted distorted understanding of the goodness of God. You know, He's not up in heaven looking at everything that you're doing, looking at the mistakes that He can blame you on. Be like, oh, He's waiting. Aha, Tal, I got you! I got you! You didn't do your quiet time yesterday. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna withhold this goodness from you. you know, like, oh, He's looking down from heaven, He's like, oh, Roy, Man, you, you thought that I didn't see, but I saw that. I saw you checking at that girl. I saw you looking at that girl. Man, I'm not going to give you my goodness for today. I'm going to withhold that. And that is not God's character. But a lot of us, we, we're under that bondage of thinking that way. Yeah, you got to do your quiet time. Yeah, you got to read the Word of God. It's good for you. Yeah, you have to pray. It's a joy. But that's not what gives you the goodness of God. Goodness of God is given to you because God is good. And He loves giving good things to His children. He loves giving, He loves, you were created so that He could be good to you. Some, some people think that when, you know, they, they take it the other way and they think that when they do bad things, is there, God's ready to just punish them. You know, like, and it's, it's right. Sometimes, some people will do some evil things and, you know, God's not going to wait for the law to catch up. He might just. Bam! You know, he might just punish him. And it's true. That might happen. God is a, you know, if you look at the Old Testament, I mean, God is a, he's a righteous God. He's a God of wrath. You know, that does happen sometimes. And God does disciplines the, those who love, who he loves. You know, but don't mistake discipline from this taskmaster up in heaven looking down and waiting for his, his, these people to, to make a mistake and then just whapping him over the head. That's not our God. Now, if I was God, I'd probably do that. Because I saw how it was when I, I, I was a kindergarten teacher. And I'd be like watching these kids. And I, I know this one kid. I know he's going to mess up. So I look at him at the corner of my eyes. I, I know he's going to go and hit that girl in the head. I know it. And then right when he does, I'd be like, I got you. Go in the corner and close your eyes. I would do that all, you know, that's me. But, you know, I'm a flawed man. You know, like, I'm, I'm a, and I'm just not a good teacher, you know. 
But God is not like that. You know? God, God loves to be good to his children. And we got to break off the distorted understanding of God's goodness off of our mindset. He has a heart of a father. A father. How many of you guys are fathers in here? Any any fathers or mother? There's two, uh, one father and two mothers in here. A very young congregation. But you know, father. If you know a father, he's gonna. He loves to give things. If he's a righteous father, he loves to give things. Loves to be good. And and that's the kind of a heart our father has for us. It says in Psalms 34, 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who takes refuge in him. When we read this, it's an invitation. It's saying, come here. Come here, Julie. Taste and see how good I am. God's inviting you into this. Now, I told you about my mom. My mom is also a good cook. You know, she's a prayer warrior. She's a godly woman. But, man, my mom knows how to cook. And I get some of that from her. I think a big chunk of it, and I don't think it's because I've seen her cook when I was young. I think it's just this impartation that comes just from just good cooks, you know. Because, like, man, like, I just have this natural ability to make it. And my mom, she's an amazing cook, and she can make stuff. And my mom is one of those people that loves, loves it when people eat her cooking. You know, it's like she, when my friends come, they're like, oh, come here, come here, eat, 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 you know. Like, and she loves that. She's one of those people that loves it when people, but me being like a, a like a jerk son, I come home one day and my mom's like, oh, I made you. My mom, like, let's say she made pindetok. My mom makes bomb pindetok, right? It's like this, like, like Korean pancakes. And she'll make, like, a bunch of them. And they're, like, fresh, like, crispy. Like, you go, and it's got a little bit of, like, meat on top. It's so good. My mouth is watering right now. And then my mom would, my mom would be like, oh, come here. I made pindetok eat. And I'd be like, no, I don't want any. I just walk away. I go to my room. And my mom would come to my room. He's like, oh, come on. I made it. It's good. I, I brought you. Eat it. And then, it's so good. Just try it. I was like, no, I don't want I'm not hungry, mom. Get off my back. I don't want none of your pindetok. I just have McDonald's. And then I'd be like looking around. And then she'd just leave it there. <laughs> Bye, Gloria. <laughs> and then like, I just look at the pindetok and it's in my room. And I'm like, man, that smelled good. And I'd be like, I taste it. I was like, man, that is good. It's so good. And I'll eat it, and I'll be like, I want more. Because so I go to the kitchen, and my mom's like, I told you it was good. <laughs> man, I told you it was good. Why didn't you know? But that's like us sometimes, man. God is inviting us to taste of His goodness. He's saying, come, just taste, and you're never gonna go back. But you know, a lot of us we're scared. We're scared of tasting the goodness of God. We're scared of putting our hope and trust in Him. They're scared of losing control. Like, oh, you're, you're like my parents, man. Always telling me what to do. I don't like that. You know, and God's saying, man, I'm not like your parents. And I place your parents over you so that they can be like me. But I'm God. You can always trust me. Some people are afraid that if they put their, their trust in the Lord, all their trust and all their heart in the Lord, that they're going to be poor. I had that thing when I was like, man, I don't want to be poor. You got to give all this offering. And Some people think that, you know, you're going to be called into the mission field. God's going to send you to Zimbabwe to, like, live with lepers and stuff. And some people are afraid 
that, you know, if they put all their hope and trust in God, they're afraid that they're going to get martyred. They're afraid that they're, they're going to die for God. You know, and I know, you know what? God might call you out to the nations, into Zimbabwe, but it's going to be out of His goodness. He's going to call you and prepare you into that place, and you're going to want to go. You know, you're not going to be like Homer Simpson's getting sent to that island. Have you ever seen that episode where he's forced to be a missionary? He's like, oh, save me, Jeeves. <laughs> he's not going to be like that, man. You're not going to, he, God's not going to send you to some country and you kicking and screaming, like, I don't want to go. God is good. Amen? He's going to prepare you. He's going to train you. Now, some people actually have a fear that, that if they give their whole heart to God, they're going to be martyred. But let me tell you, man, you know, there's a certain number of martyrs in the, in the book of, in the, in the Bible, in the Word of God. And most likely, you're not one of them. <laughs> no? It says that, you know, there's a certain number, you know, and, and to be a true martyr, it's not like you can volunteer, like, oh, I want to be a martyr, God. You're chosen. You're picked. It's an honor. You know, and you, just because you go on a mission trip and you eat some funky street food and then you get dysentery and you die, you're not a martyr. It's just stupid. I mean, like, like to, like, but a, a lot of people, they believe. They ha- I, when I was young, I had that fear. Because, you know, a lot of religious people, you know, they kind of put that fear on kids. Like, man, when, if you give your heart to you, you know, and, and God might call you to die for the Lord. Like, 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 renounce Christ or die. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, like, they put this fear, you know, in you. But, and then a lot of people, they live under that fear. So there's some people that feel like, man, if I give everything that I am to the Lord, man, I, I might end up dying. I might end up being poor. I might end up being celibate. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you today that our God is good. And you can put all your hope and trust in Him. And you have nothing to fear. He's good and He loves you. And He loves being good to you. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew 7. I'm going to read from verse 9. Everybody knows this. this you know, I think a lot of New Philip people, we stand upon this verse. And it says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him, for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? You know, here in New Philly, we stand on this verse. We believe in this verse. Pastor Christian, man, he has stories of him getting guitars and computers and a car, standing on this verse. No, it's not, and, and you know what? If you have selfish motives, God's gonna know your heart. Like, man, you're just being selfish. But if you, if, you know, but if you walking right with the Lord, no good gift will He withhold from you. He loves to give you good gifts. You know? We stand upon this verse in Ephesians. And you know what? I'll give you an example of my wife. My wife, you know, she's a son. You know, and she, you know, she's been under Pastor Christian for like many years. He was kind of like her admin, his admin. And you know, he saw, she saw how like he prayed. He prayed for, for a new car because he had this hoopty. That was a bad car. It was a Hyundai Sonata 1994. That was the year I graduated high school. You know, it was, it was beat up, you know. And then that was PC's car. 
And then, you know, the church, you know, the church actually bought, he prayed. He, sta- he stood upon this verse, and the church bought him a new car. And then, you know, PC gave his car to Mina. And so, you know, through her, I inherited it. And I was driving around. I was like, man, this car sucks. Because, like, five, five miles to the gallon. It was, like, wasting, guzzling gas. You know, we put in a full tank of gas. And, like, three days later, it was like, where'd it go? There's a hole in the bottom or something. It was, just a, it, was a, it was a really bad car. Right now, our sister Cassandra's driving it. So, Cassandra, if you're listening, we're sorry for you. But, man, and then by my wife, Pastor Mina, she stood on the word of God. She's like, you know what? It says in the word of God, no good gifts will you withhold from me. You are God that loves to give good gifts. And then she started praying. She's like, you know what, God? I want a, I want a new car. She said, I don't want a new car. You know, I, I, you know, this car is dangerous. It was. It was, it was it, it's ready to break down at any minute. You know, and I, I, I want a new car. She started praying. And she, she, in her mind, she said, I want a silver Avante. And in her mind, she was actually thinking a used car. And she wants a silver Avante. And then, and then she actually asked me, this is when we were dating. She goes, oh, well, can you buy it for me? And I was like, no. I actually said, like, she goes, oh, she, like, this is around time when we were going to get engaged. And then she was like, you could just buy me a cheap ring and then buy me a car. And I was like, what are you talking about, woman? And I actually considered it. I was like, all right. And I was like, you know, like, and I, I, I kind of like, I was kind of like, you know, a little prideful. I wanted to give my wife a big ring, you know, like, because my friend Diddy, my best friend, he got him one, like, a 1.9 1. carat, 1.1, but it was 1.09. And I was like, man, my ring got to be that big. And so I was thinking, I was like, man, she wants a car, but, you know, I want to get her the big rock, you know? So I was like, I'm just going to get her the big rock. And I got her the big diamond, you know, and I was like, yeah, you know, I beat you, Diddy, in your face. And then, uh, and then she was just praying. She was standing upon this verse that God gives, loves to give good gifts. And then out of nowhere, her mom comes to Korea and then just calls her one day and says, you know what, I'm going to buy you a new car. Yeah, she was at the car dealership. What color do you want? She's like, huh? Silver? And God, she got a silver Avante. And she just stood on this verse. You know, like our church, we stand on this verse. You know, when I... When I left the army, I came to Korea. I was like, oh, this messed up in my head. I was like, ah, oh, drinking. And then I had to go to the Korean army. And I had to do this Korean service for two years. And I remember, like, it was actually a job. It was like 9 to 6. It was more like 9 to 4. I would go do things. I had something to do for two years. They gave me a small, you know, stipend. And I was, like, you know, doing private tutoring on the side. And then when that job came to an end, I had been redeemed. God really transformed my life. This is after I've been leading mission teams. In that two years in that Korean, you know, the social service, giving parking tickets, God really changed my life, you know. I was, I was walking right with the Lord. And I remember I was like, God, what am I going to do, man? I didn't say man. I just said, God, what do I do? Cause I, 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 I said, I need work, you know. Like, you know, like I don't have my degree. And, I, and, and, and you know, this, it's, it's not a lot of work for me out there. I, I, I'm just going to. But you know what? I said, I'm going to stand on your goodness. I'm going to stand on your goodness, and I'm going to, I know that you love to give good gifts. I have nothing to fear. I have, I have, I, you know, I'm never going to be a destitute on the street. I'm never going to have to beg for anything. And I just stood on the word of God. I stood on this verse. And then I remember the day that I was supposed to, to, to end my military service, Samonim, our, uh, the, the, our, the wife of uh, our, our head pastor, Korean pastor, she called me up, and she goes, I want to take you to a buffet. 
just took me and Sister Lisa out to this mad expensive buffet in like Seoul Hotel. And I was like, man, it's good. And then she goes, man, she, she looked at me and she's like, I want to give you a job. I think you'd be good for, my, for, for our preschool. And I was like, really? I was like, yeah, I want you to work for me. So I took that job. And then for two years, man, they gave me so much money. They paid me so much. I was like, man, Lord, you're so good. You know, and, and like in two years, I, pay, I saved up so much money. Like I was like, man, how am I doing this? I was able to save money upon money. And then I was actually saving up this money. I wanted to save $26,000 to uh, go to culinary school and be a chef. And I saved like, you know, a little bit more than that. And I was like, man, I don't think God's calling me to be a chef. I think God's calling me to be a pastor, to like go into full-time ministry. And I got a confirmation of that you know, when, when the, the IHOP people came. And then that's around the time when I started dating Pastor Mina. And then all my money went to her. <laughs> all this money that I saved, just like, oh, here you go. Here you go. We got married. And then I had no, no lack in our marriage. I had, you know, God provided. I, I just had blessing upon blessing. You have to stand upon this word. God is good. If you're walking, you know, if you're positioning your heart and looking at the Lord, saying, God, I want to be a, a righteous person. I want to live my life for you. I want to live my life for the kingdom of God. God, he gives his goodness to you. And, you know, in our, when we were looking for an apartment, we stood on this verse when we were looking for ten of us moved down here to Busan, and we came here looking for apartments. Man, it was hard. I remember the first place we went to it was like the these apartments by Kwangali. I went up there and I was like, man, I cannot live here. It looks like somebody was murdered here. It, it looks like there's rats around here. The, the, nothing matches. You know, the, everything's peeling. I can't live here. And then all the places we went into after that were like pretty decent. But it was all kind of, we're lame. You know, I was like, man, all of these places, I can't live in these places. The guy is like, oh, we'll give you new wallpaper. He's like, wallpaper can't cover that. It's, it's, it's lame, man. And then I remember I was standing on this verse, and then we found this, our apartment now. At the time, it just popped out of nowhere. And then we're like, all right, should we take it or not? Should we take it or not? And we're like, all right. So we, we, we took the apartment. We moved here, and it was a pretty good apartment for us. But all of a sudden, the back of the apartment opened up. It, the street used to be blocked off. The, the street in front of our apartment was blocked off. And when they opened up that street, literally the day that we moved in, they did the construction to open up that street. And then we looked and we realized there's a river right by our apartment that leads to the ocean. Centum City is right by our house. It was like the greatest location. And the more we lived there, we realized, man, this place is perfect for us. I love living here. It's such a blessing. You stand on the goodness of God. When we found this sanctuary, we stood on the goodness of God. And we could have looked for any place, but we said, Lord, we want a place with high ceilings. I like high ceilings. We want a place with an ocean view. We want a place with clean bathrooms, elevator, clean, close to the subway, not like my coup. You know, we wanted all these things. And we said, you know what, God, you are good. And we know that you're going to give us good things. And you know what? We stood on that this verse. And you know, when we when we went with Pastor Christian, when Pastor Christian, we did all these building shopping, and we showed Pastor Christian um, the buildings that we saw. He's like, all right, which of these, like, which which place has God answered the most prayer in? You know, like, what have you stood for, and what has He given to you? And we're like, well, this this place right here it has everything, and it's affordable. You know, it's it's cheaper than anything else. And we're like, man, God is good. 
And when we look at this place, it says, we, it, we were just still thankful. We're like, God is good. But even if we weren't here, even if we were still, you know, worshiping down at some dingy bar, we would say God is good. Because God is good all the time. You know, even when, when he gives us gifts, there's no strings attached as well. God just loves to give us good things. He loves to bless us. And I'm going to close with this. In the Old Testament, when Moses asked God to show him his glory, you know, Moses walked closely with God. Moses, you know, he, 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 oh, he, he loved to be in his presence. And he just, God just loved revealing himself to God. And, and Moses is asking God, he's like, God, show me your glory. And it says in Exodus 33:19, it says, And he said, I will make all, you know, he, he put uh, Moses in the cleft of a rock. And he said, you know what, you want to see my glory? He says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. But he said, you can't see my face. You can't see my face, but you, you get to see my goodness. And we ask God to show us your glory, show us your glory. And God says, you know what? I'm going to show you my glory by showing you my goodness. My goodness. I'm going to show you how good I am. And in his goodness, we see his glory. Our God is an amazing God. Our God is a good God. You have to have a, 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 the right understanding of our God. Our God is a God that loves to be good to you. He is not a taskmaster up in heaven. He's not somebody that wants to catch you doing something wrong. But our God is a God that is on your side. He's for you. He's walking with you. He's encouraging you. He's doing, he wants you to do good things. And He wants you to have good things. And he wants you, and he's in, he's inviting you into the work that he's doing in this world. Our God has amazing plans for your life, and no matter what your circumstances are now, you need to stand in the Word of God, and the truth of who God is, and you you will see the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Let's close. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good. We thank you, Lord, that that it's your goodness and it's your it's your it's your love for us, Lord, that brings us to repentance, God. And Lord, it's your goodness that shows us your glory. Lord, you are our you are our God, and you are good. And we thank you, Lord, for your goodness over our lives, that it is for us today, that it is something that we can expect. It's an expectancy. Heaven expects us to, to know that God is good. There's an expectation there. And, Lord, we respond with that, and we say, you are good. You are good, God. And we love you, God. And we praise you.